A rare sight in New Orleans as the Heat took on a Pelicans team missing three starters and capitalized in spectacular fashion, leading to a blowout win that was Miami's most dominant performance of the season. Who stepped up? Are the Heat poised to climb up the standings? We break down the game and answer these questions and more on today's Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg here with David Ramil. However, you might be tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or on your favorite podcast app. Thank you for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. A dominant wire-to-wire effort. The Heat beat the Pelicans 124 to 98, never trailing and leading by as many as 30. The Heat with their preferred starting lineup for just the 15th time all season. Uh, the Pelicans still without Zion and Brandon Ingram, but the Heat get the job done. It's their first win by more than 10 points since November 12th, David. And it was highlighted by Bam Adebayo, who continues to make his all-star case. Dominant performance for him. 26 points on 11 to 15 shooting, eight rebounds, a world-class defensive effort. He really led the way for the Heat tonight, David. Uh, it was, he was absolutely spectacular. I don't know what to do with my hands, Wes. Like, I'm not so sure... I've never seen this kind of performance. Like, this is absolutely the best game of the season for Miami. And, yes, they, they were taking on a team missing starters. That hasn't really mattered against this version of the Miami Heat. Uh, everybody can recall that loss to the Memphis Grizzlies where they were missing quality players as well. But for Miami to blow out the Pelicans from start to finish, and, again, a probable all-star in C.J. McCollum, limit him for Bam to dominate the way he did taking on the challenge of Jonas Valanciunas and not phased at all by that size, being able to just dominate the way he did defensively. Great overall effort defensively, offensively, sharp passing, incredible assist numbers, steals, everything. This was an exciting game to watch and a blowout. I can't believe it. This isn't a close game. Miami has been in so many close games this season. This feels like I'm not sure exactly what we should talk about other than just Miami was really, really damn good tonight. A league leading what thirty something clutch games tonight. I want to repeat what I said that stat because I was I kind of just smushed it into that intro there. Right. Their first win by more than ten points <laughs> since November twelfth. Okay, I remember that it was against Charlotte. I remember That's that game. Crazy. Now I get it. The Pelicans are without Zion Williamson. They're without Brandon Ingram. But this is also a Pelicans team that is really good and has won a bunch of games, missing some of their best players. The Pelicans. Or a very, very good basketball team. I would probably say the deepest team in basketball it would probably be them or the Celtics. So for to get this win in New Orleans, I don't I think you get have to get a lot of credit if you're the Miami Heat. And what makes you feel even better about it was the fact that it did come into a game where nothing kind of weird happened. You know, nobody went off for like 40 points for the heat. Right. There wasn't something that f- like felt like an anomaly in this game. If anything, it was just everybody sort of firing on all cylinders, which is for the heat been the anomaly this season, but this is the formula, right? Like this is, this is what the blueprint looks like. Not just Bam Adebayo being so dominant, but dominating in the point, the way in the paint that the way that they did assisting on what was it? 37 of 50 made field goals. Uh, they actually out rebounded. The Pelicans, 43-38. to 38. This is the fourth consecutive game that the Heat have out-rebounded their opponent. Um, I don't know the last time that that happened. They, they, they didn't shoot 
especially well from three-point range, only 34% on 35 attempts. But that has sort of been more of the rule for this team. But they got it done by getting into the paint. It started with Bam Adebayo. 22 of his 26 points come in the paint. And I think that just trickled out to everybody else on the team. Bam Adebayo really being this tone setter for this group. Yeah, he he was so electric early on. Again, kind of just leading the way there with his offense, but also defensively doing so much. Like I know you pointed it out on Twitter during the game, one particular defensive possession there. And I know they did it on the broadcast as well, where he was guarding two players and it wound up leading to a drawn charge against Valenciunas. And, and look, that, that has been a problematic matchup for Adebayo in the past, and, and he handled it so well. This is really a very different version of the player that he's been. He's been very good throughout his career, obviously. And yet here we are seeing the evolution of him taking place. Like we had talked about this in theoreticals before the start of the season, hearkening back to Pat Riley's end of season press conference last year and talking about the next step for Bam in terms of taking more field goals and things of that sort. But to tie it all together, the consistency, again, maybe it's not dominating performances in the sense of like a Kevin Durant or a Devin Booker type player who's going to put up 45 points. It doesn't matter. Not in this team. He's done such a great job of doing so many things on both sides of the ball and to establish himself so completely. And again, we'll talk about this later on in the show in terms of his all-star campaign. You brought it up earlier as well. I don't know how you can't watch this version of this team and this version of Bam and not think that he is either an all-star and the defensive player of the year candidate too. Like he is just he's, that he's a no-brainer defensive player of the year candidate. Again, going back to setting the tone, two steals and a block for Bam to go along with all the other stats we've already listed. The Heat scored 24 points off of turnovers. It felt like every time Bam was involved in that turnover, the Heat were scoring off of one of those. Everything begins and starts with Bam Adebayo on now both ends of the court. Defensively, that has been the case for a long time. Offensively, Eric Spolster always said every we, we run everything through Bam. He's so important, big decision maker on offense. And I'm not saying that that stuff wasn't true. But now that he's incorporated the scoring, he sort of layered that on top of all the other decision making that he's already and, and still making. I, he's dominating offensively in a way that. He's you're right. Like he's not going out and scoring 50 points like a Devin Booker or somebody like that. He's not doing that. I don't know that Bam will ever have a 50 point game in his career. Maybe he will. That would be really awesome. But I don't know that like he's just he's picking his spots. He's so comfortable now. He's not predetermining what he wants to do offensively. He's reacting. He's reading the defense and he's and he's just figuring out what the best kind of decision is on every on a play to play basis. Obviously, he's shooting. 52% plus from that like short mid-range area that he's been dominating. That's, that's, that's his sweet spot. Now I think that's safe to say over the last 10 games, it's close to 48% on the season. And it's just trending upwards 50% plus in the, at the rim, he's shooting 68% and that's been even better lately. So like he's, he's leading the NBA in points in the paint and he's doing it in so many different ways from so many different spots on the court when guys are coming up and playing him close at 10 or 11 feet, he's got now the quickness to blow by them and get yep. to the basket. Everything is opening up for him. And he just seems, and you just watch a man like. Yeah. Are you like me? When you used to take that mini hook shot or whatever, like I wasn't a believer. Now I'm more surprised when he misses that shot than when he makes it. And I think that is such a, a huge. So much better. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like it, when he takes that shot, even over a guy like Valanciunas or a bigger Brook Lopez or anything, like, I am more surprised when he misses the shot than when he makes it. That was not the case. Like we've seen him take that throughout his career, but it was always, oh, he wasn't quite sure what to do. The timing was all off. Decisive, making that choice early on, going, you know what? This is my shot. I've got the space. I can take it. <laughs> Hitting even tonight in a bagged version of that. And it looked perfectly fluid. At least he's yeah. on the line. Like he's aiming for the right area, the right direction. And he still nailed it. It was just a, a wonderful game from him. Like he, he did such a good job defensively too. We're talking about his offense, but defensively without those playmakers in the lineup there, Herb Jones is also missing a, the, the key defensive player for them. But without Zion or Brandon Ingram, they were able to do such a good job on doubling uh, uh, Chris, uh, CJ McCollum, excuse me, uh, Jose Alvarado. They really did a good job of taking the ball. And even when uh, Najee Mar- Marshall started getting it going early on. They wound up effectively shutting him down for the rest of the game. He wound up taking taking you know, a four, I think, of 17 shots. Really, really poor performance from him. Just really, really active. And the hands, everybody, Oladipo, Jimmy Butler, Adebayo, Gabe Vincent, everybody, active hands, even Tyler Hero doing a phenomenal job defensively as well. That's something that's not going to get called out enough. But I think he did a really, really good job. Again, especially for and, yeah. and more deflections for Tyler Hero. He's- yes. You're right. They they took the Pelicans out of everything that the Pelicans wanted to do offensively, and that's a credit to Miami. They have been so good at jumping passing lanes and crowding those and, and showing arms and hands to those playmakers and those shot creators, getting those deflections, creating loose balls. They've been so good at that. Some of that is just, hey, Victor Oladipo is now coming off the bench, and he's an on-ball defender that you could do, and he deserves a lot of credit for it, but everybody else has also stepped it up. You've got Caleb Martin now healthy, three steals for him tonight. Gabe Vincent doing so much stuff off the bench, as we've talked about over the last uh, week or so. So um, just an all-around effort. Miami's preferred starting lineup, their preferred bench rotation, Oladipo, Orlando Robinson, Gabe Vincent, Max Struess. Basically, you're four off the bench. Haywood Highsmith getting like six garbage time minutes. He wasn't a planned factor in the rotation. So we kind of see what the top nine is. I think that would still, I think that's still going to be the case, even if, you know, if and when Duncan Robinson returns, we'll see what happens with Omer Yurtsevin. We'll see what happens with Orlando Robinson's two-way contract. But for the most part, if this team is healthy, I think we're seeing what the nine-man rotation looks like. And tonight, what the blueprint looks like for those nine guys to go out and win games. By the way, the bench, 10 points from Orlando Robinson, 16 from Gabe, 16 from Max, outscoring, and seven from Victor Oladipo, outscoring uh, New Orleans' bench. The Heat... Like I said, they they never trailed in this game, led wire to wire. You love that they never gave up that lead in the third yep. quarter too much. Like they led by as many as 30. That lead hovered around 20 for most of the game. Um, just a complete game all around. And a lot of credit cookies to hand out. That's what we're going to do in the next segment, David. But first, tell listeners about our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories? then you've got to try a Bilt Bar. We've just got through the holidays, and I know a lot of people have made the goal of eating a little healthier this year. And if you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then I've got just a thing for you. You've got to try Bilt. With Bilt, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you, but they're perfect for your New Year's resolution or any attempt at trying to eat more healthy. What makes Bilt Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're 100% covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right real chocolate and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro peanut butter brownie and coconut almond i'm not sure how built does it doesn't really matter these bars taste like a candy bar 
while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy, only 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. Now you don't need to wait around to get a box for years. We've been talking about order your built bars at built.com. You can still do that, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club too. That's right. That's your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of built bars that you can pick, pick up a four bar box cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs. And if you're close to Sam's Club running, grab a 13 bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. And again, you can always go to built.com, but pick up your built bars today. Thank you for making Lockdown Heat your first listen. It's a heat win, which means it's time to get in the kitchen, whip up some credit cookies. David, what kind of cookies do we have today? Well, you're in New Orleans. You know, I was hoping there'd be some kind of beignet flavored cookie or something like that, but we went with pralines instead. Pecan pralines, that Ooh. classic, classic cookie style. Yes. So a number New Orleans one, staple. Yeah. New or- yes. Number one, it is a New Orleans staple. Number two, you're saying pecan the right way. I'm not going to hear it with these pecan people. I'm sorry. We ain't Gretchen <laughs> here. All right. It's pecan. It's pecan. So, um, you can also go pecan praline, which I've heard, but I prefer. No, no, no pecan, no pecan, pecan. I've heard. I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, you can go pecan praline. Yeah. Cannot or praline. Excuse me. Oh, I went. Pra- with oh, praline, praline. Yeah, I've heard that before. Pra- pecan praline. David, yeah. probably not. Ah, sorry, that was horrible. That was really bad. Stand by. Uh, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> We're all a little giddy here after a blow. We don't know what to do with ourselves. Pecan pralines. We got ten of them. We're going to start with Bam Adebayo. Uh, we already highlighted his performance. Just the question is how many? I think it, he deserves a, a lot for being just the hub of everything that Miami was able to do on both sides of the ball. You pointed out the fact that even when New Orleans started chipping away, it felt like Bam was the one, again, very, very unusual, spearheading Miami's just stalwart nature to say, you know what, this far, no further, we're yeah. going to draw the line here and we're going to hold our ground. And he would always come up with a big possession or a big basket and, and one play, something along those lines to say, you know what, we're going to continue to build our lead and hold it. We're not going to have the third quarter. We're not going to give up a 20 plus point lead and, and continue building towards something. It got as close, I think as 14 in the third quarter. Yep. And that was really, it didn't even feel that close. I was, I texted you. I said, Oh, Probably third quarter coming, and then they started chipping away. I think they had an 8-0 run, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, this seems a little reminiscent of losses in the past. Not the case tonight, and a lot of that due to Bam. Jonas Valanciunas, who's awesome for the Pelicans, having a great year for them. Minus 21 tonight. So Frustrated. Yeah. Visibly he, frustrated, and, and with good reason. Picked up three personal fouls in the game. A lot of that was because of Bam. Four, four pecan pralines for Bam Adebayo. I think that's fair. Have you had king cake? No, I have not. I like the New Orleans Pelicans jerseys a lot, like those King Cake themed jerseys. I think they look really cool. I like the, you know, how it's themed locally. I've never had a King Cake, but I've seen I've seen them quite a bit. I, I should try one. Yeah, uh, what, what, what could Miami do that's locally themed like that? There's nothing like that. That's not true. We have lots of stuff. Like what? I mean, you already had your 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 Vice City colors, right? I guess that's. Oh, about I thought as you were talking about. Gonna... I thought you were talking about desserts. I was like, we have a lot of desserts that are. No, I guess yeah, but like Spanish like Miami themed, yeah, uh, yeah. Miami yeah, Vice, Vice, um, yeah, guava colored, like guava colored. I, I don't know what I mean. Guava colored. Can we can we be dressed like a Cuban sandwich? Is that possible? <laughs> yeah, like cafecito brown. Like I, I'm trying to think what oh, would. Bro. It's very similar to the uh, pork brown in the Cuban sandwich. It's a very similar. <laughs> there you go. 
I don't know. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait uh, for the, the heat marketing team to come up with something along one of those lines. Um, all right, so four pecan pralines to Bam Adebayo. We've got to give some, I think, to Gabe Vincent. Coming off the bench, 16 points, 6 of 14 shooting, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. More importantly, in a game where you led wire to wire and you were leading by 20-plus points all game long, you never wanted to give your opponent an opening, a crease, a, a, something to feel good about maybe at the end of a half or at the end of a quarter. We're like, hey, you know, we're building some momentum. Let's carry this right. and let's start uh, carving into this lead a little bit. And Gabe Vincent, not once but twice in this game hitting buzzer beating threes at the end of a quarter, basically they, they can't be daggers because one of them was at the end of the first quarter. The other one was at the end of the third quarter. So that's never going to count as a dagger, but more of just sort of a knife twisting right. in the ribs. Just like, Hey, you're never coming back, man. Like this <laughs> is it. I'm hitting these and you've got nothing to feel good about. Even during the breaks between periods in which you are already getting dominated. So Gabe Vincent two pecan pralines to him, I think. Yeah, I think that's fair. Also, really good on-ball defense against Alvarado. Uh, and yes, those not necessarily backbreakers, but like momentum stiflers. You know, I, I think at the end of the first, New Orleans had chipped away at that lead a little bit. And then Gabe hits the three to push it back up to 13. That was so huge. Again, just saying, you know what? Not tonight. We're going to continue to build off of this. And, and, and that was just a good performance from him. Handling the demotion to coming off the bench again with Kyle Lowry in the starting right. lineup and handling it very well, showing that same kind of offensive uh, productivity that he had when he had been a starter, especially those two games against the Milwaukee Bucks where he was so well, he played so well. Four of eight from three-point range is huge, right? Um, who else? Who else? Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler. I mean, Jimmy Butler. Two for, two for Jimmy, I think it's fair. Right. 18 very points good for Jimmy. Game. On eight yeah. of 13 shooting, um, seven assists, yeah. three rebounds. Um, yeah. Quiet, but effective and, and great and, dominant performance. And during that third quarter that you mentioned, where the Heat avoided the, the dreaded third quarter there, um, with, with New Orleans cutting that lead to 14 at one point, Jimmy Butler provided an important push, I thought, in that third quarter, scoring seven points in the period. Yeah. Um, and so to have somebody just sort of, hey, we're going to keep pushing this lead. We're going to keep pushing this lead. I thought Jimmy Butler. Nine, actually nine much, in the third oh, quarter. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry to, to interrupt. I missed one. Okay, good. Even better. Nine points. So I think Jimmy Butler deserves one. And then Tyler Hero, I think. Right? Yeah. A great passing from him. Very settled and methodical. The shot wasn't falling early on. Uh, the three-point shot was a concern for me early on because as much as they were able to attack the paint, I think to myself, you know what, we've seen this Heat team struggle when the three-point shot isn't falling. Eventually, it normalized to a level that was acceptable, not great, but acceptable. And you have to, in today's game, you have to be able to at least be steady from three-point line. You, you don't necessarily have to shoot 38 to 40% from three, although that would be nice, but you have to at least be close to the league average at 35%. And that's my concern, but Tyler wound up hitting some shots down the stretch but more importantly, I think just making plays very, very measured, playing off of uh, the, the two-man game with Bam, yep. also picking his spots really well. Just well, New Orleans has so much length. Like, do they have anybody shorter uh, other than uh, Alvarado? Alvarado. Shorter yeah. than 6'5"? No, I, I don't think that they – Devontae do. Graham is small, but yeah. Did he play that many minutes? 
Yeah, McCollum is six five, but not, he's a smallish. I think uh, McCollum's, McCollum's smaller. Graham played twenty minutes. Whatever. They have so much length that New Orleans could show, and they did show it to Tyler. And it was one of my notes, kind of going into this game, is how does Tyler Hero deal with that length? And and New Orleans likes to switch everything, and they'll trap stuff occasionally, and they and they did, and especially with Tyler playing coming off of screens at Bam. Uh, he missed all seven of his three-point shots, but made all six. Went six or six from two-point range, which, right. to your point, that's him picking his spots. Hey, you're doing this. All right, let me get into the paint a little bit. Let me work my two-point stuff a little bit more. And he did, and he was very effective on it to the point where he made all of them. Um, I'm going to give one pecan praline to Tyler Hero because I'm just looking at the box score right now. Did mm-hmm. you see that Max Strews had 10 assists? <laughs> I didn't even realize that. I'll be honest. I did not notice that. I don't think he was creating a whole lot. I think it was more like swing, 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 because the ball movement was so good all night. That's true. So sort of the guy swinging it to somebody who was scoring. So I don't want to give him too much praise for the 10 assists, but he still got 10 assists. He was creating something out of it. 16 points is as much as Gabe Vincent. He went six of 13 shooting, four of 10 from three-point range. He was as big of a deal off the bench as Gabe Vincent was offensively. And so I think Struis deserves a pecan praline. I think that's fair. I th- I wouldn't disagree with that at all. Great. Um, well, we've got our listener questions next, including we need to put some respect on Bam Adebayo's name. Finally, I think we do. We'll talk about that more next. But first, David, tell the listeners about our sponsor. Uh, today's episode brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net still your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college basketball, men's and women's. We've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Reach Locked On Heat on Twitter, Instagram, email us, lockedonheat at gmail.com. This next question comes from Heaton5, who writes in using the hashtag AskLOHeat. What does Bam have to do at this point to get some respect from the national media? David, the national media. <laughs> the evil, evil dark room where all the national media, like Ben Golliver and all that. I can, already, I can already hear Rohan yelling at us. It's only ESPN <laughs> that you're talking about when they say national media. Um, yeah. I think there, there is a point to that. Um, but Bam. I don't know. In terms of respect, it's so hard to, to figure out. Does respect equal just being talked about? Is 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 that respect? I think that's what most people mean when they're when they're talking about respect for an individual player. It's just look what we talked about earlier with Bam. Like what performance of his is going to stand out to the point where you're going to be talking about it around the water cooler the next day, right? When you look at ESPN. And shows like First Take, Highlight Culture, all these things that are kind of limiting the nuance when it comes to discussions about the NBA. How do you appreciate a player like Bam Adebayo when you're not watching those kinds of games all the time? And and I think that's a big part of it is that, you know, you watch the Heat and, and Bam turns in a 23, 24-point outing with some really solid defense, limiting field goal opportunities for guards, switching on to smaller players, et cetera. But that doesn't stand out. When you talk about performances from like other defensive player of the year candidates, like, you know, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., like his blocks, you know, and and the things that really stand out and have stood out for a long time when it comes to the defensive player of the year award. When it comes to all-star performances, you're looking at scoring binges, a 40-point outing. Like think of last year's DeMar DeRozan where he was – 
hitting clutch shots on a stretch for a Chicago Bulls team that was pretty okay. And yet, because of those shots were at the end of regulation time or down the stretch, all of a sudden everybody looked at DeMar and he was getting MVP buzz at one point right. during the season. And I think that's part of what's going to be held against Bam is that there's no one aspect of his game that is going to draw those kind of conversations. I was talking well, to a national media member today and he was saying, you know, I'm waffling between who to include Bam or Jimmy on my all-star ballot. I was like, you got to include, you got to include Bam. You know, I just think he's been Miami's best player all season long. Yeah. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I do think that there Jimmy is though, Butler, right? Like that, that no, conversation. I, he's though, been most available, right. Like Jimmy Butler still just finds ways to produce. Like you look at his averages and you're like, how's he doing this? Like he just quietly sort of averages 21, seven and seven, 21, yeah. six, six, all the time. Bam, I, I think the leap has been much more visible for Miami Heat fans and for people, and, and I should sure. say national media members paying attention, right? For basketball observers paying attention, I think they see the offensive leap that Bam Adebayo has made. Now, does that mean that Charles Barkley or Stephen A. Smith are going to go on some long diatribe about how Bam Adebayo deserves to have some respect? And all, Probably not. But all that stuff that you're saying, it's like he doesn't do anything loud. It's not specific to Bam. It's just like, yeah. 50-point games get you talked about. It's been that way since the, the dawn of time in the NBA. Like, that's just – it's what people want to talk about. And they're, they're – they should be talked about. Like, they're they're crazy. But with Bam, it is a lot more nuanced. I think from – it. I think when we're talking about national media versus sort of NBA observers, I think that the plugged-in NBA observer realizes and appreciates Bam Adebayo's value. I I don't my biggest thing is not even the national media it's the fans like you look at these fan votes and nobody's voting for bam and so to me it's sort of more of a casual NBA fan plugging in all-star votes for Lamelo ball for some reason instead of doing bam out of bio they're not they're literally not watching the games right and so like literally I'm looking at the stats if you in in the case of Lamelo ball has played what 20 games all season so I I that's my thing. I think the national media kind of gets <laughs> unfairly blamed because really, when, again, what we're talking about with the national media is you're talking about ESPN. I don't know what other national media people are really. Look, Nikola Jokic has been MVP two years in a row and his game is as under widely underrated as any. And yet he still right. gets enough national recognition. So and there's only, hope be- that- and only because his advanced stats are through the roof and he's now averaging triple doubles and he's scoring 30 points a night on like 80% shooting routinely. So if Bam gets to that level, yeah, he'll still, but he, and to your point, Jokic is still sort of the most undervalued, under talked about, despite being a two time in a row MVP. So I don't know. I don't know what Bam has to do other than maybe he's a score 50 points. And I'll go back to what I said last year for his defensive player of the year campaign. It kind of felt like he needed a couple of highlights, like switching off of a big onto like Steph Curry and then blocking Steph at the basket. Like it takes that kind of loud stuff to get to go viral, like a highlight that goes viral to get recognized. You sort of just yeah. need sort of this tent pole play to so that people can just sort of understand it as a reference point. To just say Bam out of bio is blah 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 points per possession and switches and this on EPM and all this. Nobody really res that doesn't resonate with with right. actual fan or the the end the media voter. It just doesn't resonate. You need something that is an, a, a concrete example of it. And it's not to say that those don't exist for Bam Adebayo, but something that is widely distributed, in other words, goes viral via social media that people can latch onto as a reference point 
to understand and visualize when talking about it, Bam's greatness on the defensive end. Offensively, I don't know what it's. It's actually weirdly more clear cut. Uh, clear cut for Bam. He leads the NBA in point and in, in paint scoring. That's a very easily understandable stat. And you could pull whatever clip you want from the eleven put foot push shots to the to whatever dunk highlight of the night that he pulls off. Like those ones are are easily accessible. That stuff is easily accessible for Bam. It's the defensive stuff that I think is harder to understand. If only we had something like the Boston Celtics media mafia. That I, I don't know that Marcus Smart had a highlight like that last year, but you just had the propaganda machine pushing him out there and making him like they were just like he's short and good at defense, and that was sort of the whole message. Bam out of bio, like I feel like we need to some sort of propaganda machine to back him up a little bit more. That's that's our job. I mean, I, switching on to a guard, yeah, switching on to a smaller guard and forcing a pass doesn't really get everybody to the computer or phone to start placing their all star vote. But that's what Bam does well, and that's why he is. The best defensive player. We should make up a stat. Uh, passes forced per game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's probably something like that, but I don't see why not. Like that's just that's what he does. Like when he switches from a big and then onto the perimeter, and there's no change in the defensive like strength of this team because he's that good out on the perimeter. Like that deserves consideration. And again, maybe it doesn't lead to a steal. It certainly doesn't gonna it's not gonna lead to a block, but you have to consider the fact that again, you're 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 six foot three, six foot four, and you think you've got this wide open lane. Instead, you have a six foot nine wall in front of you right. that's gonna prevent he, he, you from doing he, anything. He just bleeps up what it is that the opponent wants to do offensively, right? And so maybe that's the stat. It's like a an FUU bleeped bleeped you up. Like how many FUUs does like a mute button or something like that? <laughs> Bam the mute button out of bio. I don't know. We got to come up with a good nickname for him. The eraser or something yeah, like that. That's for people that get blocks. Uh I think Bam, we do I uh, Bam the vote people. Let's just get him in the All-Star game. Uh what th- the next the next returns are supposed to be out tomorrow. So, I guess we'll see if anybody's listening. Um all right. That'll do it for us today. Thanks again for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Heat on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Ring the bell to get notified as soon as new episodes go up. Now make your second listen, Game to Game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. David, thanks for joining me. You got it, Wes. <laughs>